Welcome everyone to the Drake Martinez podcast. I'm your host and today we are going to be talking a little bit about music, but we're also going to be talking about current events. Things that have been going on in the last couple of weeks have been absolutely crazy. And I just want to share my thoughts about them and let you guys know uh, my opinions and maybe you guys might agree or might disagree, but we can certainly all learn from one another and from different perspectives. And that's what this podcast is all about. So there's been a phrase that has been lingering in my head lately for the last couple of weeks. It's one that I used to hear very often when I was growing up uh, in the early 90s to mid 90s, late 90s. And it's after around like nine, uh, 2001, September 11th, this phrase started going away and it was, it's a free country. It's a free country was used back in the day very often to kind of be like, hey, you know what? You should tie your shoes. Your shoelaces are t- untied. And the other person would reply, it's a free country. I don't have to tie my shoes if I don't want. It's kind of silly, kind of stupid, but it spoke to the culture back then. It spoke to the culture that there was an understanding that the United States is a free country. There's freedom of speech. There's freedom of religion. And there's the right to bear arms. There's, the light to, there's many, many rights that protect the citizenry of this country that a lot of other countries don't have. And the government was designed so that the people would run the, would run the government, which was a crazy idea back then. And that has survived to this day and continues to survive. And it's certainly changed. And there's been adaptations, which some have been good, some have been bad. But Overall, we're moving into a direction where our rights are no longer, I think, enshrined. And the country is moving into a direction where people don't value the freedom that they have. And one of the things that has actually really made me, aside from just like my family, because, you know, on my dad's side of the family, they escaped from communism. So I was very, I grew up very acutely aware. A quick story about that. Actually, my uncle, he, he came over to the United States, specifically South Florida during, this was like the early to mid nineties. And I remember when he first got here because my dad was going to go pick him up. And back then there was like a lot of people that were basically living in like these camps because so many of them were coming over from Florida uh, to Florida from Cuba over the, through the Caribbean. And a lot of them were coming in just like makeshift rafts, you know, shark infested waters, 90 miles. It's, it's a very arduous journey. And I've been out to sea many times in the United States Navy. And at 90 miles, all you can see is sea. And it's, it's terrifying. It's terrifying on a aircraft carrier, let alone on a raft. You know, a raft that you might have built by yourself with your with your friends and your family. But anyways, I grew up on on stories about communism, but it didn't really hit home until I met my uncle, who my uncle had um, escaped uh, from Fidel Castro's re- regime, and he, very, you know, it's a very well known story in my family that like when he first got here, he was so shocked at the prosperity in America because he loved milk. And my dad was like, hey, let's go uh, go get you some milk. 
you know, let's go. He specifically was trying to just like get him some groceries. He was like, Hey, this is where you get your groceries. And my uncle was like astonished at the wall, the wall of milk and the, and the refrigerator. So he started just piling up his, his uh, shopping cart with milk. And my dad was like, Hey, um, you know, you can just come back and get that. You know, if you want, like, if you go through this in a few days, you can come back and get more. And my uncle was in, incredulous. He was like, there's going to be more. And my dad was like, yeah, there's always going to be milk. Like you can just come back and get milk whenever you want. And he was like, he, he couldn't process it. And then later on, my dad was like, Hey, you know, if you want to go check out, um, like a park, this is, you know, he really likes to play chess. So he was like, this is a great area to play chess, meet some people. And my uncle was like, I guess, chasing ducks. And he was trying to grab one of my dad was like, Hey, what are you doing? He was like, I'm getting this dinner. And my dad was like, you know, those ducks, they're not for hunting. They're just there for show. And my uncle was like, well, who wants to look at ducks? Pretty good point. Um, but it just shows like the prosperity that we have in this country. And in other parts of the world, they worry about like, will there be milk? You know, Venezuela. Venezuela went from being a, a wealthy country to people looting the zoo for meat. You know, grabbing the zoo animals. And there's so many things that we have to be thankful for in this country. And I think the last, I want to say for me, I noticed a big change in this country after 2001, September 11th, I think was a, a marked change in how people valued their freedoms. And we gave a lot of them up. We gave a lot of them up for security. And I'm not sure exactly who it was that said, like, people who choose security over freedom deserve and will get neither. And I think that's that's pretty much the, the last 30 years have tr- proven that to be true. That if we don't value our freedoms, if we value security, and if we value being able to put our heads in the sand and not taking control and not being active citizens in our country, then the people who are going to be running the show are not going to be very good at it. The people who don't want to do the job that have a good life and a good family, good businesses, are not the people who are going to be wanting to do that kind of job. And I think, you know, I'm not going to like name any specific names, but I think I, you guys could probably talk, tell who I'm talking about. Um, Another thing that really made me acutely aware of the value of freedom is military service. In military service, you don't have freedom. You have security. You have a guaranteed paycheck. Healthcare, that's not that great. Um, Working conditions that are not that great. People that you work with that are mostly awesome. But some of them, not that great. Leadership is hit or miss. And you know what you can do about it? Not a whole lot. You can show up to work every day. You have to. You show up in the uniform. You show up clean shaven. And you show up ready to go do your job. And you just hope that enough people also show up that way to make the day not as bad. And you can't leave the job. You can't quit. You're not free to quit. You're not free to call in sick. 
You're not free to go on vacation unless you route paperwork uh, well advance, well in advance of time. Um, you're not free to be late. You're not free to do anything other than what you're told to do. And it can be sobering, especially to have to do that on years and years on end. And I'm not complaining because I chose the security. I chose that line of work because my career as a musician really wasn't really going that well, you know, and I needed some security in my life in order to be able to build myself back up. I feel like I'm finally there. You know, we'll talk about that a little bit more um, once I flush this idea out or these, these thoughts out. But at that time, I really needed the security. I, I needed healthcare. I needed to be able to take care of myself. I needed to be able to put myself in a position so that I can take on a family and take on responsibility and take care of the ones that I love. And I wasn't really able to do that as a full-time musician at the time. But thankfully, due to my military service, I'm now in that position. And I'm very thankful for that. But that doesn't make it, that doesn't make me numb to the idea of that, of what you have to give up in order for that security. Because you have to show up, you can't get fired. So if you don't do your job, it's not as simple as being fired in the military. You go to kind of like jail. You go on what's called restrictions or non-judicial punishment. Each branch does it a little bit differently. But in the United States Navy, how it works is you're basically confined to the ship. And you're a prisoner there like for 30, 45 days. And you can be there from things like for a wide variety of things, not obeying orders, showing up late. Um, not doing maintenance properly. There's there's a whole lot of reasons that can put you in that position. And that looming threat of like, oh, if I don't do my job properly, I'm going to be stuck on the ship for 30, 40 days is, I think, a sobering fact. And when you take that into consideration with all of your actions, that your actions have repercussions and that the, the almost like this fear behind it, it puts a new light onto what it's like out in the real world because in the real world you don't have that threat you do to a certain extent because if you don't do your job correctly and you get fired well then like you might be living out in the streets you know so there's always that but nevertheless the the goal in life that we should be aiming towards is freedom right that's the whole goal of obtaining money, I think, or of, of accumulating wealth is the freedom that comes along with it. Not necessarily the money. I think most people don't really care about money. What they care about is the freedom, the the freedom that it buys, the freedom of their choices, the freedom of being able to do what they want, the freedom of movement, the freedom of, of fear, right? Be- or the freedom of anxiety. That's what financial security buys you is freedom, freedom from all those things. And what other areas of our life do we have to value freedom other than just financial um, avenues? Well, we also have to value it in terms of our civil civil liberties. You know, no one likes to be pulled over, pulled over by the police, but does the thought ever cross your mind that like, hey, this situation could result in me losing my freedom? The situation of a me 
interacting with a police officer could result in me going to jail and not being free to do the things that I want to do. Well, I think what's going on in this week with the former president is I think a it's 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 pretty interesting and amazing to watch that the former president is being indicted with the threat of losing his freedom by the current president and they're running against each other you know in the upcoming election and i think it's really sad and and i'm not really actually that keen on the former president i think he did a pretty good job for the most part i think there's a lot of things that he didn't do very well i think there's a lot of things that he mismanaged i think he you know he has a bit of an ego which i think you know in business and in life at that stage you probably do need you know i think what a lot of people don't under, what a lot of people underestimate is how your character has to change in order to be able to take on that level of responsibility um and what you have to value from yourself in order to be able to do that so for example in my job i've learned to become more i've learned as I've learned to dis, to give out my yes very selectively and to give out my no's a lot more often. I think, you know, and I definitely benefited from that because there's a lot of times where like I, I was saying yes to things I shouldn't have been saying yes to and I should have been saying no. So going through those challenges and going through those responsibilities of running a company, running a government, definitely changes people not just in terms of like how they view power but also how they view themselves how they will how their personality might change to a certain degree at least, or at least in a professional manner um so i think the former president was had a lot of good things about him he had a lot of okay things about him and some that were not so good but what i noticed is that the current president and just democrat presidents in general including the previous one the media doesn't really isn't really able to say anything negative about them they're not able to provide criticism they're not able to think in a capacity that is even analytical because what's going on is you have two armed camps. Well, one's armed and the other one is like armed with like propaganda. <laughs> one side's armed with like quasi propaganda and weapons and the other one's armed with just like straight propaganda. Like the most and the most disgusting form of it actually. It's it's really horrendous because it's so dishonest. Not just in the sense that like what they're saying are lies, and actually what they say are like almost the exact inversion of the truth but they're totally incapable of looking at a situation analytically and providing a unbiased point of view because we're at a point in this country where one side is defending their side and the other side is defending their side and they will spin whatever they have to spin or look at it from whatever point of view and the whole thing is just like a game of like at what point of view is what happened okay and that's my position and i'm going to argue it and then create 
um, arguments to counter the counters and to make my argument refined and in line with what happened. Instead of looking at it from like a third point of view of like, okay, was the thing beneficial to the country? Was it beneficial to the populace at large? Was it beneficial to the you know our policies in the long run? No, that's not ever how we look at things anymore. How we look at things is is does this have the appropriate amount of spin and obfuscation to make the position of the person that I'm on the same side with okay and justified, or does it not? Right, that's where we're at. We're at with two, and it's just going to keep getting worse, I think. I think it's going to keep getting worse and worse and worse until something happens where the two sides are going to have to come back together and to have a shared mission and a shared goal. Um, because this type of polarization just can't can't work. I think one of the things I learned in the military that's actually like really... Uh, advantage you know has a great advantage to it is that we don't really typically even know what our political stances are on things we might be able to guess but we have so much work to do and we have so many like have such a shared mission of like let's do x y and z so that we can all go home to our families that we put everything else aside other than the x y z to accomplish x y z if that makes sense in other words, I don't care what the political leanings of my coworkers are at, and in the military because we all have the same job to do. And I have to work with them. I have to live with them, share meals, and I have to see eye to eye with them no matter what. No matter what happens, I have to see eye to eye, on, eye with them on what we have to do in order to be able to go home and see our families, Right. Now, I might disagree with them on their political standings, but we don't really even have the time to discuss that. That's how busy we are. Um, and I'm not saying that like the, the rest of the world should be like that, but do you see where I'm getting at? There's no shared mission at all. There's no shared like, okay, well, we both, all of us want the country to advance in terms of technology, in terms of, you know, clean energy, X, Y, Z, like whatever the, whatever the topic might be, there's no shared mission at all. Everything is opposite. Everything from economic values to social values, all of it's opposite. Everything is in complete juxtaposition. And the country can't really go on like that. And I think at some point, something's going to have to give. I'd be interested to see what you guys think about that as well. Um, let me know in the comments. Um, yeah. And thank you so far for listening. Um, you know, it's definitely a tough time to talk about something as joyful as music when, um, there's all these crazy things that are happening in the world. You know, we got a war going on in Ukraine, um, with our political leaders, like not really doing anything to be able to, to stop the, the violence and to stop what's going on over there. And then we've got like Banana Republic kind of stuff going on here where just like the former president can, is getting arrested for, you know, or indicted for like just two of the three things are just clearly 
not things that you should be indicted for. And then the third one is like, yeah, I can see, I can see why, but you know, that's sort of where we're at right now. And I think one of the things that helps me keep perspective on where we're going and who is in what camp, it's just, it's just such a silly thing, man, that we're in these like armed camps pitted against, pitted against each other. It was, if you think about it, if it went to the extreme, right? Now, when you think about like what the United States would look like in 20, let's say 2060, let's say 40, you know, let's say like 40 years from now, 50, let's say, let's just make it nice and even 50 years from now, 2073, 50 years from now, what would the country look like? Optimally, optimally, what would it look like? Well, for me, I envision a place that is, you know, lush and green, lots of vegetation, um, really advanced and super amazing technology, amazing, like that just permeates everything. It goes into healthcare, art, industry. Um, and then we use all that technology and all of the benefits of it to benefit people, right? Like that's the goal or that's what we tend to use technology for is to benefit people. You know, but we also have like, I think, a, a responsibility to make sure that our our plan is clean. Like we're taking care of it. We're taking care of not just ourselves, but like our surroundings, our family, our friends, our loved ones. And we're taking care of the future. We're taking care of the of our way to move forward. And then think, I I think if you took the left wing to its extreme. And if they were in complete power and were able to do everything that in their power, then it would look something along the lines of like what maybe Portland Portland looks like, where drugs and crime are rampant and homelessness is rampant. There's no industry, there's no technological advancement. And you just got like a handful of super wealthy rich people that are you know, benefiting from all the chaos, right? And then on the right, if you took them to their extreme, then it kind of looks like, how you put it, like, like it's too ordered, it's too structured. It might look something like the military. It might look something like, I don't even know maybe just like too lifeless and business oriented with no art and no culture. So both sides need to come together in order to balance that out, right? You need the ordered structure and the, um, the conservative minded approach to not just value what happened in the past, but in order to create business and incentivize people to actually work. Whereas on the left, you need those types of people to think outside the box to advance and to push forward. And you need both of those to work in unison. So how do we get there? It's a big question. But I think the way that they're headed, we're heading now is we're driving further apart as opposed to climbing together. Um, and I think, you know, to maybe just like, tor- like bring this back towards music is pretty similar to how it works in the military where you have people who come together for 
from all different types of backgrounds to accomplish a mission and accomplish a shared mission and to put aside their differences and to put aside um, anything else in order to be able to do that for the love of their friends and their families to you know in order to be able to go back home that I think the only other thing that does that so powerfully is music and I think maybe in what's been happening recently ever since September 11th when we as a country decided that security was more important than freedom, that our art has also suffered and our music has suffered. But maybe that's just me. Anyways, that's my thoughts on this week. It's been a really challenging week in terms of what's been going on in the world. And it's, um, it's not, you know, the best thing, but, you know, I think there is some optimism that I do have, um, and if you guys have optimistic points or things that you think that could unite people and bring them together in these um, in these polarizing times, let us let us know in the comments what you guys think. Let's do what we can to work together and to bring um, a shared mission as Americans. And actually, I do want to actually think one do want to share one thing that I think that could help bring us together is I think a basic understanding of one of the things that drives me nuts is when people are like, oh. It's an attack on democracy. Like this is a threat to our democracy. And I think people need to understand the phrase and to the republic for which it stands. One nation. It's not a democracy. Democracies have been proven to not work. Because there has to be an adherence to a principle. Mob rule, just the majority thought, doesn't make it right. Just because a whole bunch of people think something doesn't make it right, which is why our founding fathers were against democracy. We have democratic elements to our government, but our government is a constitutional republic. There's a framework, there are laws, there are rights that are enshrined and protect people and guide this country and move it and move us into a common direction. So I think more knowledge about that and more ideas to embrace that will bring us together because my respect and knowledge of my rights and that and my value of that does not just extend to myself, it extends to everybody else. And I think that's what's missing here, especially this week. That um, I think the last thing I'll say is that we do a really good job in the media now of demonizing people, our, our, our political opponents, to the point where they look like inhuman, like the incarnation of evil. And I think that's a, uh, it's a dangerous place to take politics. People might be doing things that we don't agree with and they might not be suitable for the jobs that they're doing, but the endless portrayal of people as these evil monsters is, I think, not not beneficial to, um, to a mutual understanding. And, and I know it's hard because some... 
some of these people in these political in these political arenas are doing things that are just yeah beyond the pale but I think you understand the point you know that the this round the clock this demonization of people that we disagree with is um is only going to further divide us and to further um keep those armed camps entrenched anyways uh so this is drake from the drake martinez podcast and um gonna be signing out and then hopefully i think i'll try to find some more motivation to discuss some more things in the music arena next week but i just wanted to get all those things off my chest and talk about them for this week thank you guys for listening and i hope to catch you guys next week like subscribe um, you can go on the YouTube channel for Drake Martinez Music. Check us out at TitusFlamingoRecords.com. And then I've uh, got a new album that just got uh, published back in May. It's called Fujiwara Effect by The Water Bear. Uh, give that a listen. My favorite song from there has actually, I think, shifted from Foosball in Mexico to uh, Life in Four Minutes. It's actually my wife's favorite song, too. Uh, it's instrumental, instrumental funk for that song. Some of those songs do have lyrics and uh, vocals, but with yours truly singing, but that one's an instrumental. And um, yeah, so then just let me know what you guys think in the comments and um, definitely uh, check out the other projects that I'm working on. Uh, yeah, it's been fun. This is Drake from the Drake Martinez Podcast signing out. See you guys next week.